If you have your Bible this morning, turn to Exodus chapter 13, or if you have your iPhone or some mode to get the scripture, turn to Exodus chapter 13. And I do want to talk to you this morning about giving, about being a giver, specifically about you living that kind of a lifestyle, living a giving lifestyle. Come on. And not only having the lifestyle of a giver, and, but making that who we are and not just what we do. Making being a giver who we are and not just what we do. Come on. We know that God was a giver, so we, if we want to be like God, we must be givers. So let me give you just four initial quick points here that are not on your handout, but I just want to give these to you as a sort of a way of introduction. First thing we must understand is that it's God's will for our lives to be givers. And, and not only to be givers, but to be an offering. It's God's will for us to be an offering. Paul said that I poured myself out. Many Christians, many Christians shy away from the message of giving. Many preachers shy away from this message and they're hesitant to preach on it because money is so precious to us. You can't tell me how to spend my money and they don't want to offend people. However, we must understand that giving is just as much the gospel message as forgiving. It's just as much the gospel message as grace. It's just as much the gospel and kingdom message as the doctrine of the Holy Spirit or marriage or anything else. Do, do you know uh, that there are how many hundreds of verses on prayer? There's hundreds of verses on fasting, but there's more verses than anything else on finances and giving. More verses than anything else. And so, yeah, I'm not going to apologize for, for preaching on finances. I'm not going to pro- I don't apologize for preaching on marriage. I don't apologize for preaching on uh, health or grace, come on, or uh, forgiveness or any of those things. Secondly, we must understand that becoming a giver will not only help others, but it helps us. Jesus uh, was very clear on giving as it relates to finances. The reason Jesus stressed finances is because they relate to every area of your life. Come on. It's true that the Bible gives us probably maybe 500 verses on, on prayer and faith. Over 2,000 verses on money. 2,000 verses on money and your finances. Think about this. Jesus told 38 parables in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 38 total parables. 16 were about money. Jesus knows that whether we admit it or not, finances are close to our heart. And in order to help us, he must deal with the thing that's closest to our heart. Additionally, we must understand that God doesn't need your money. We can just get that straight. It's not your, it's your heart that he's trying to get. You need your money. God needs your heart. But the only way to get to your heart is <laughs> through your money sometimes. Come on. Because if God has your heart, he'll have your money, your mind, your children, your husband, your wife, come on, your job, your possessions. If he has your heart, he'll have everything. And, and, under, and we're going to get into this. God doesn't want your second best. This is what we're going to talk about today. He doesn't want your second best because he didn't give his second best. 
Jesus was the very best that God had to offer. The very best. And then fourthly, our best has to be our first. And this is what I want to talk about today. See, with your money and your time and all of that, often we use the first on what's important to us. What we think, what we deem is most important. And so we must realize, and this is the title of this first message, God must be first. God must be first. He must be first. Remember Genesis 22 when God told Abraham, uh, you know, to take your son, your only begotten son, and sacrifice him to me? It was, he didn't wait till Abraham had 10 sons and said, now give me one of your sons. It was his only son. It was the thing that was most precious. He had to wait most of his life at that point to get this son. As soon as he got him, God said, give him to me. Give him to me. God must be first in our life. And so, yeah, we're going to talk about money. But today we're going to talk about God must be first. God must be first. And I'm going to the Old Testament because 1 Corinthians 10 tells us that everything in the Old Testament is an example for us. Come on. It's an example for us to follow. And so let's see what example God is giving us. See what he's giving us today. So Exodus chapter 13, I'm going to start right at verse 1. The Bible says this. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Sanctify to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and animal, he says, it is mine. Drop down to verse 12 for me. It says that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb. That is every firstling or every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have The males shall be the Lord's. He goes on to say, but every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you shall not redeem it, you shall break its neck. In other words, if you don't redeem it, you're going to lose it anyway. And all the firstborn of man among your sons, you shall redeem. You shall redeem. Now, there are three things that I want to point out about God being first. All right. So the first thing is, if if you're taking notes, write this down. And uh, if you're not taking notes, um, write this down. (laughs) The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. God is saying that the firstborn belongs to me. Just like. Later on, he says, the tithe belongs to me. Come on, I'm going to talk about it now. So here's what he's saying. If you have an animal, here's what he's saying. If you have an animal and it's a clean animal, okay, I know this is Old testament but just stick with me. If you have an animal and it's a clean animal, the first one that comes out belongs to me. You, you give it to me. But if you have an animal and it's an unclean animal, you must sacrifice a clean animal to redeem the unclean animal. Okay? Follow me there? Clean animal, the first one belongs to me. If, if you have an unclean animal, you must redeem a clean animal. The only way that animal can be redeemed is you must uh, redeem it by sacrificing a clean animal to me. You all right? 
Now, let me, so I just have a question for you. Were you born clean or unclean? Unclean, right? You were born unclean. Was Jesus born clean or unclean? He was born clean. You see this now, right? The clean must be sacrificed to redeem the unclean, right? The clean had to be. No one else could die. Brother James, I, Eldon, Jody, we, we couldn't die. Even, even if we wanted to, we would have, you know, even if we would have said, Lord, I gladly would give my life for the human race. He could not accept it. He couldn't accept it because we were not clean. The clean must be sacrificed for the un- We're unclean. Jesus is clean. He was sacrificed for us. Now, I want to show you as we go through how this relates to every area of our life, including our money. Our time, children, if you have children, it, 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 it relates to every area of our life. And I believe it specifically relates to tithing. Now, I'm not saying I'm saying this for your benefit that you will be blessed. Remember, God doesn't need your money. And you might say, well, yeah, you're the pastor and, you know, you might look at the finances and you know that the church needs finances. You know, when it really comes down to it, I, and I hope this is, comes across the right way. I, I, hope, I, I pray, God, let this come across the right way. And, and that is this, that please understand this, that, and it's just true for all of us. Your identity is in Christ. So I love the life church, but the life church doesn't define me or you. We define it. With God being in us, we define it. It doesn't define me. So if, if, the, if the church folds, and I, don't, I know that's not God's plan or purpose, but if that were to happen, uh, God would have me doing something else, and you as well, right? And so you have to understand. So I'm just trying to give you the, the motive. The motive is not that I'm just trying to drum up business for the church, but I'm trying to drum up blessing for you and to walk in the kingdom ways. Because if, uh, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Come on. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Joy, peace, love. Come on. All of this will be added. Provision, it will be added unto you if we put God first. And so tithing is part of that. God wants, he wants to bless us. <laughs> he wants to bless us. In fact, I... I really believe, now I know tithe means tenth, I know that. Tithe means tenth. But I think a lot of us stop right there at, at tenth. A lot of us don't even get there, but I don't let that sink in. Some of us don't even get to tenth. But, uh, it, but tithe means tenth, I get that. But there's, there's much more to it than just tenth, and I want to show you that. Because I really believe that Jesus, in a way, was God's tithe. Right. He, in other words, he gave Jesus. He didn't wait till all of us said, OK, Lord, we believe in you. If you sacrifice Jesus, then we'll follow you. He didn't wait for us to say that until he gave Jesus. He gave Jesus in faith. Right. That we would then come. Gave the tithe. Expecting a return. Jesus. God's tithe. Come on. In other words, Jesus was the firstborn. Remember, Colossians says Jesus was the firstborn among all creation. The firstborn who was clean must be sacrificed or redeemed for the unclean. Because the Bible in Romans says, while you were yet sinners. Come on. 
Jesus died on the cross for us. In other words, while we were mocking him, while we were spitting on him and crucifying him, he was dying. For, he didn't wait for us to change or wait for us to accept and believe. He gave Jesus first before the result happened. Remember, I'm relating this to your life, especially as it relates to finances. Come on. I'm going to say some things here that I hope hit home with you. God gave him in faith. God gave him in faith. Remember in Egypt when the whole nation of Israel was redeemed, when the angel of death came and, and they sacrificed the firstborn lamb? Come on. God had the right to take the firstborn because he'd already said it belonged to him. It belonged to him. You know, think about it. it you, you have a sheep in the Old Testament. You have a sheep and uh, it has... It has a firstborn. And you see this law that God, this principle that God put in place. And you're thinking, I don't know if the sheep is going to have any more. I don't know if it's going to have any more babies. But God said, that doesn't matter. You must sacrifice the firstborn to me. That takes faith. Come on. That takes faith. It takes faith. And so what we must understand, yes, is the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. Number two, the first fruit must be offered. Emphasis on first. The first fruit must be offered. Look over in chapter 23 of Exodus. 23 verse 19 says this. It says, the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. The NIV says the best of the first fruits. The Bible says the first of the first fruits, and I'm going to show you something here in a minute. You shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Proverbs in chapter 3, verses 9 and 10 say this. They say, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all, all of your increase. But it's for a reason. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, either we believe God or we don't. And saying we believe God doesn't mean we believe God. Doing, being obedient to what he said, that means we believe God. So, so think about it now. Think about it. We were talking about this last night. God is not, God is not gray. God is not gray. I mean, you're, you're, think about when Peter was walking on the water. Peter's walking on the water. Now, this is not some small thing. I mean, think about water. You, think about it. I can't even, my finger can't even rest on the water. I better not drink that, but I will anyway. Faith, see? Imagine a person trying to stand on water. It's impossible, right? I mean, we know this. We've heard the story. So this is, I mean, come on now. This is, this is, this is a miracle with a capital M. That he's walking on water. Then remember when the Bible says that while he was looking at Jesus, he's walking on God's word because Jesus said, come. So on that based on that word, he's walking on God's word through the storm on water. And as soon as he it says he saw. So as soon as he took his eyes off of Jesus and he saw the circumstances, he began to sink. And if you're sinking in the sea and there's a storm, you're going to die. I mean, that's just, you know. So here's, here's my point to that. Think about how God, there's no gray area. 
He's either miracle or he's under. There's no dog paddling. There's no backstroke. I'm just chilling out on the sea. None of that. You're either on top and you're in a miracle situation. You're in the spirit. Come on. Or you're not. <laughs> you are or you're not. I told you, and that's, that's kind of a harsh thing because a lot of us, including me, would rather just kind of just go along. I just want to go along in life. You know, come to church, praise the Lord a little bit, pay my bills, and uh, just go along in life. But there's none of that. And I know it kind of sounds harsh to you. You either believe God or you walk by faith or you don't. It's impossible to please God without faith. Thank you. You can't please him. You can't please him. I believe God's word this morning is it's a word for me. It it hits right between the eyes. And it's a word that says you are or you're not. And, you know, and it's a word I really don't. I, well, I can't put it that way. I was going to say I don't take pleasure in preaching, but I can't say that because all of God's word is so good. I know Brother James would get on me on that because I don't mean it that way. But it's, you know, you we kind of hesitate because it's like, well, dang, Lord, that's kind of harsh. You don't want to just come like that. I mean, this is a grace dispensation. You know, let's talk about grace, you know, but I just believe it's a time. I believe you left in 2017 everything that was there. We're going to go forward. And if we're going to go forward in the Lord, we're going to go forward. We're going to do it or we not. Come on. We're going to do it or we're not going to do it. And that's why we, li- we watched that video last week. You play to win the game. Come on. Uh, we in it or we're not in it. You're going to do it or you're not going to do it. And that's where God is. He said, I would that you be cold or hot, but don't be lukewarm. I don't like lukewarm people. Come on. I'll spew you out of my mouth. That's right. I don't, it's nasty to me. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. So this first fruit, this is a principle of giving to God. This isn't in the law, by the way. This is in, in Proverbs. It, it, was, it was in the law, but it was also after the law. Come on. He says, honor the Lord with your possessions and your first fruits. Your possessions and your first fruits. Your first fruits. God, see, here's the thing about it. This is what I'm trying to get to you, is that God wants your first. So the tithe is 10. It's 10%. By the way, let me just say something about the tithe. Let me just say something real quick. Because I hear people say this, and I've, I've fought, gone back and forth with this for years. And uh, again, it's one of those things that hits you between the eyes. And God says, look, you're going to do it or you're not. You're going to play around with this thing and try to make it work and try to put different scriptures together to make a theology work. Or are you just going to believe my word and what I said? And I said, all right, Lord, I'm going to believe your word and what you said. So a lot of people say, well, tithing, you know, that's Old Testament. And tithing was under the law, so I don't have to do it. And it really bothers me now. It it used to not bother me because I thought, well, okay, maybe that could be true. But if you really look at it, Jacob tithed 400 years before the law. Abraham tithed more than 400 years, right? Before the law. So tithing was a principle that was going on hundreds of years before the law came about. And, they, and, and God just incorporated. He wasn't going to leave it out. He just incorporated it in the law, right? And then remember, I, don't, I think it's in Matthew 23, when Jesus, you know the scripture, some of you, when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, he said, you tithe as you ought, as you ought to do. 
Jesus, now that's enough for me. If my Lord and Savior, the one who died for me, said you tithe as you ought. They say you ought to do it. That's enough for me to do it. But he told them, and he said you leave the other out. But you tithe as you ought. And you say, yeah, well, Brother Mike, you know, if you want to get technical, Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so really the new covenant hadn't come into play. And I say, yeah, I hear what you're saying there. And that's true. I agree with that. But I want to tell you, Jesus taught about the new covenant. When Jesus taught, he wasn't teaching Old Testament stuff, even though he hadn't died yet. Well, he said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. And he's talking about blessing you. We're going to throw that out too. Well, he hadn't died yet. So what he said, you know. Jesus said, I'll heal you when he healed uh, the woman with the issue of blood. Well, I'm not going to. That was in the Old Testament. That's not for me. We don't preach that. Oh, but when it comes to tithe, that was in the Old Testament. That was that's not for me. That was Old Testament. Do you realize uh, and I'm trying to think of where the scripture is, but it talks about, I believe, in Corinthians that the righteousness of grace exceeds the righteousness of the law. Said you're right. You're, you, you see, God said, Jesus said I, uh, through Paul, I won't listen. Your righteousness needs to exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees and the law. So the righteousness of grace exceeds the righteousness of law. So when somebody now comes up to me and says, well, you know, Brother Mike, I don't tithing was in the Old Testament, so I don't tithe. It was in the law. I say, well, praise God. You give more than a tithe because your, the righteousness of grace exceeds the righteousness of the law. So praise God. So let's stop trying to find ways. And by the way, the other thing is, you know, the 10th, you know, that really, I don't want to get into politics, but we, our world could really, you know, benefit from this, I think. But uh, I hope I don't offend anybody with that. But the 10th, the way God set that up, everybody could give. I don't care. If you made $10.14, you could still give a 10th. Whether you made a million dollars or whether I made 60 cents, I could still give a tenth. And so that's God. God, I believe, I believe God did that. So everybody can participate. Any, everybody can tithe. It doesn't because the amount is not. And that's what you think. It's not the amount. I'm not, we're not drumming up business to try to say, oh, here's a two hundred dollar line. And here's a thousand dollar line. No, it doesn't matter. That's not the blessing. We can go back to the widow's mic. And those I'm not saying that those are bad. Things. The Holy Spirit leads us to do that or leads you to do that. That's great. But I'm telling you that when the blessing is on you in the spirit, come on, it will manifest. And, and if we can catch if we can catch that God must be first in our life, come on, the blessing will be on us. The blessing will be on us. And, you know, in Malachi, he said, listen, and this is the only thing that I know of in the Bible that God said, test me on. Everything else he did, you don't test the Lord. Don't you test God. Don't, don't test me. He's like a parent, right? Don't test me. I had, I had four little kids yesterday, six, seven, eight, and nine. And we was having a great time to about three o'clock in the afternoon. Finally, I said, don't test me. Don't test me. We didn't we didn't have breakfast. We didn't play charades. We played Simon Says. We played Jenga. We watched the half of Mulan. Don't test me. <laughs> but this is the only thing where God says, guess what? Test me. Test me in it. Test me in it. Test me in it. And I, so I, I issue a challenge to you. Ties, ties for a year, one year, and see if God doesn't bless you. In fact, I give you a money back guarantee. Money back guarantee. If you're if you're not satisfied, Brother Keith will give you all of your money back at the end of the year. No, I'm just. 
No, I, you know, I, listen, God, God is in the blessing business. He's in the blessing business. Test him. Test him. He, and, but the thing of it is, he must be first. He's got to be first. Do you remember in the Old Testament, uh, Moses, I believe, had died. And uh, they were about to go over into the promised land. And God was speaking to Joshua. Remember Joshua, the young man that was, came up following Moses? God was speaking to him. And he said, go on over there. And uh, I want you to conquer Jericho. And uh, seven, you know, seven days and in the seventh uh, time, I want you to go over there and yell and scream. And, it, you know, the walls will come down. Remember all that? And uh, that happened. But one of the things we sometimes don't remember is that then God said, uh, I believe it's in Joshua, maybe chapter five or six, somewhere around there. God said, give me all that's in Jericho, everything, all of it. All of it belongs to me. That's what he said, didn't he? Give me all of it. So I said, wait a minute, Lord. Now, I've been studying this, and it was the first, and it was the tenth. It was the first of the first fruits. Now, you're talking about give me all. I, I, I'm trying to figure out what you're trying to say here, Lord. Why did he say, you want to know why he said give me all? Because it was the first city that they conquered. They were going to conquer many. If they would give him the first city, the first belongs to God. I want all of the first If they gave him Jericho, all the else, everything else would be blessed. Now, in, in one in one chapter, it says everything in Jericho was blessed. In the next chapter, everything in Jericho was cursed. Do you know why? Because somebody kept something back. You remember that? It's always the same. It, see, here's the thing. It doesn't have to do with the money or the material. No matter what it is, the question is, is it blessed or is it cursed? That's the question we have to ask. Is it blessed? Not how much is it, but is it blessed or is it cursed? Same, same possessions in one chapter are blessed, but when they kept it back, same things are cursed. They had a problem at AI. Come on. Cursed. Because God said, I, I, I'm, I'm first. I must be first. I saw this principle back uh, in, in Genesis uh, chapter 4. And then I, I, I saw this and it hit me uh, plain as day. I saw it right there. And then I also heard, uh, it's, it's like one of those things where you buy a car and nobody has that kind of car. You know, uh, you know, you got a Skiva, 2017 Skiva car. You know, nobody ever heard of it. I don't even know what kind of car that is, but I, that's what I got. Now, all of a sudden, as soon as you buy it, you see Skivas all over. Skiva, how did I get a Skiva? I didn't even know it was a kind of a car. It was that kind of a thing. I saw this thing, man. Then all of a sudden, I just heard people preaching on it all the time. And uh, it's in Genesis chapter 4. You ever thought about this where, uh, where Cain and Abel, Remember this? And, and Cain, in Genesis chapter 4, says Cain brought an offering to the Lord, but God didn't accept it. He didn't accept Cain's offering. And then uh, it says Abel brought an offering to the Lord, and, uh, you know, God accepted Abel's offering. He accepted Abel's offering, but he didn't accept Cain's offering. And I always wondered, all the way from back in Sunday school, well, what did Cain do that he didn't accept his offering? He must have done something. You know, he must have said something under his breath. Or, uh, you know, something that Cain did, something that he did. And then I went back and read it one day and it was there. Genesis chapter four. Uh, Go to that real quick if you can or just uh, I'll go to it real fast. Genesis chapter four. It was plain as day to me. And some of you know this. Some of you seen it. You have the you have the revelation. Um, But in in Genesis chapter four, verse three. Watch this now. Watch this. This is plain as day. 
It says, and in the process of time, verse 3 of Genesis chapter 4, in the process of time, uh, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Verse 4, and Abel also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected his offering, but he did not respect uh, Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. And then I I read that, and I, I said, oh, it's right there. Right there in verse 3, and in the process of time, Cain brought an offering. In the process of time. In other words, Cain waited till he was good and ready in the process of time. And then he said, okay, now on my terms, I'll just bring the Lord an offering. Abel brought the first of the first fruit. Come on. And God respected that offering. Now watch this. The thing of it is, God didn't accept Cain's offering because it wasn't first. Do you want to know why? Because God, there's some things that God can't do. I know everybody says there's nothing impossible for God. God can do anything. No, no, what? There's some things that God can't do. There are some things that God, God, uh, God can't change. He can't change. He can change situations. But he can't change. And the reason he can't change is because if he could change, he could get better. And he's already perfect. So he can't change. God, God can't think like you think. And I know we have, you know, God's thoughts are higher. But, but that, but that does, doesn't mean that, okay, I'm thinking of $10,000. God's thinking of $50,000. That's not, that's not what that means. That's not what that means. It, God can't think like we think. He, he, it's impossible for him to think the same way that we... Why? Because we think to figure things out. God can't think to figure things out. He are, God knows everything at the same time. So do you understand? He can't think like we think. You know something else I thought about? Nothing ever occurs to God. You ever thought about that? God, you know, God never just sitting there said, you know what just occurred to me? <laughs> Nothing occurs to him. He, he already knows it. You, you got to understand, God cannot be, and, and the other thing, God can't be second. He can't, if he, if he wanted to be second, he can't be second. He's perfect. He's omniscient, omnipotent, and all the other omni words that you want to think of. Come on, he can't be second. God cannot be second. Here's the harsh thing about it that we would consider harsh. Is that, uh, you know... When we give to God second, do you ever think about Cain? God didn't accept his offering. I mean, God didn't accept it because he couldn't. I, I'm not, I can't be What is this? I can't be second. I'm only first. Only. That's I'm only first. If he was in the Olympics, he'd win every sport. Golf, he'd be getting 18. Come on, he... He couldn't help it. I'm going to try to miss this one on purpose. In the hole. I, I can't. I can't miss. <laughs> he can't be second. He can't be second. And so I believe that has to do with our tithe. Our tithe is not only 10%, but it's first. And I know, I know it sounds harsh because, uh, you know, my dad taught me. He taught me, you pay your, your rent or your mortgage payment first because you got to have a roof over your head. If you don't have electric, if you don't have gas, if you don't have water, you need a roof over you and your family's head. So you pay your mortgage first. And I think that's very, very good for a uh, you know, fleshly lesson and a worldly lesson. 
Okay? Practical lesson. But when you get spiritual, and I'm, I'm serious. God says, listen, don't pay the mortgage company first. God, listen, if you, God said, test me in this and prove it. See if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out unto you a blessing that you have room, you don't have room enough to receive, right? So it, you pay in the mortgage company for, the mortgage company can't bless you. The mortgage company does not have the power to bless you. They only have the power to take your money and let you keep the house another month. That's the only power they have. They don't have the, they don't have the, the, the power to increase you. They don't have the power to bless you. Come on. They don't, they don't have that power. The electric company doesn't have that power. And again, I know it sounds harsh to some of us, especially who have been around and paid bills for a while. But God is saying, listen, I can only be, I can only be first. I'm sorry. I was here before Wells Fargo. I'm sorry. I, you know, I was here before, you know, IPL or Duke or whoever it is. I can only be first. I, that's, all, that's all I can do. But if you would test me in this and prove me in this, you will be blessed. You know what? Okay. Remember I said typically your best is your first. Likewise, that's what's most important to you. Whatever's first. Whatever you pay first is most important to you. I, I'll put it this way. Say, for example, that... Uh, Randy is, uh, you know, a great, uh, you know, carpenter and, uh, you know, handyman or, or landscaper, maybe. Great landscaper. Let's go with that. Great land because he has a great eye. can see colors and just, you know, beautiful. So uh, someone asks, you know, Sister Jody says, Randy, would you come over and do some landscaping for me? So he does it, does a great job. And uh, after everything else, after all his overhead, his profit is $1,000. That's a pretty good landscaping. So he does all this landscaping, and then Jody says, I'll pay you $1,000, and she pays him uh, 10 $100 bills, okay? So now let me ask you a couple questions. Number one is, how much is the tithe? Uh, I know that's math. I know you got to figure two. How much is the tithe? $100. $100. I know, carry the two, 30, 16. $100. $100 is... Now, let me ask you another question. Uh, out of those $100 bills, which one is the tithe? Ah, uh, the first, see, that's because you've been listening to the message. Yeah, it's, it's, the first one, it's the first one that you give away. It's the first one that you give away. That is the tithe. Come on. Now, by the way, uh, uh, this is not a legalistic thing. It's not, God's not, God, is, God is full of grace. He, he, he's after your heart. It's not a, it's not a program. Okay, by the way, it's not, it's not, this is not some legalistic program. So, you know, if my wife were to write, uh, you know, she went to the grocery store first one week or whatever it might be, you know, I'm like, oh, Lord, have mercy, God's going to kill us like he did Cain, you know. It's not that. He's after our heart. He's after your heart. Where is your heart? That's, that's what I'm really trying to instill in you is to, is to get a heart change, okay? And, and so here's what it is, more harsh stuff. <laughs> a, a non-tither. A non-tither is, is, is saying to the Lord that I, I give more reverence to uh, Chase Bank than to God. That, that, and I know, I'm not, listen, that's just, that's just the way it is. That's what you're saying. I'm not saying it. Because if you, if you give money to someone else first, come on. If I, if I owed Eldon and I owed uh, James uh, the same amount of money, and, you know, all things being equal, and I went and gave Eldon the money first, 
some, I must have felt that, you know, maybe he was going to do worse to me or something. I don't know. Yeah, he can really, you know, I can run faster than Brother James. or something. I don't know what. You, but, you know, it's but that's what you're saying. You're, you're saying I respect you more than I respect God. Uh, also, a non tither saying really what you're saying is I'm really not that grateful. That's what now, not with your mouth. You're not saying that. And maybe really in your heart, you really want to be grateful. I'm not I'm not coming against you, but I'm saying, but that's what your actions. Remember, actions, uh, right? Speak louder than words. That's what your actions are saying. Right. Your actions are saying, I'm not really that grateful. This didn't come from your hand, Lord. I got this. I work for this. Conversely, a tither is saying to God that every time he or she gets paid, they're saying, I trust you. I would rather have 90 percent. That's blessed than 100 percent that's cursed because 90 percent that's blessed will go so much farther than 100 percent that's cursed. By the way, by the way, and I know I'm talking about money. It's really it's the easiest uh, examples to give. Uh, what about your time? Time is the same way. What if you give it first to God? Give it first to God all the rest of your time. You ever felt like you just don't have time to do anything? I know I felt like that. I know Mike and I have talked about that several times. You just, it's like, man, I just, so much stuff and time, I just don't have any time. You know one thing, I, more transparency here, I, I just, the Lord shared with me, and I was telling my wife and my cousin this uh, last night, that, that the Lord got onto me. I, I come into the office uh, certain days during the week, and to me, I consider that, you know, my office and my work time, where I work on different things. Maybe I work on messages and meetings and uh, whatever it might be. I, you know, I work on all this stuff, and I consider that my office time. So I don't, you know, I don't have anything to do with you know, coming into church and all of this kind of thing, the sanctuary, I just, I'm in the office. God said, uh, before you do anything, uh, since you're here, go into that sanctuary, go to the altar and give me your first of your time. And I said, wow, okay, Lord, all right, that, that sounds good. So I come in, you know, give him five or ten minutes, say, now I got to get to work, you know, I got I to I gotta get to work, <laughs> you know. And, uh, but the Lord just began to speak to me to say, listen, you, you run around like a chicken with your head cut off doing all these things, talking about you don't have any time. If you would give me your first, if you would give me your time first and, and, and focus and dedicate it to me, all the rest of your time will be blessed. Watch and see how, how your time is blessed. Your time is blessed. Your relationships. If you make God your first relationship, your other relationships will be blessed. We try so hard with our other family and spouses and all. But if you make God your first, come on now. If you make him first, the rest will be blessed. The Bible says the first one is the redemptive portion. That's why. That's why I'm using this example. The first is the rede- The first redeems all the rest. Otherwise, it's, cur- it's unclean. Your time is unclean. Your money is unclean. <laughs> I mean, it, it just, you know, it, but if you redeem it, come on. First portion of that redeems it. It redeems it. And then finally, I, the tithe is number three. The tithe must be first. Leviticus 2730. Here, here's what it says. As a matter of fact, matter of fact, let me go over there. I know we're running out of time here. Let me just say this real quick over in Leviticus uh, 2730. It says this about the tithe. It says, and, the tithe, and all the tithe, all the tithe of the land whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. Now, listen, holy means what? Set apart. It's, it's hard. It's hard 
to get your money and your paycheck and pay all your bills and then to set apart 10% for the Lord after you've paid everything else. Not only might you not have 10% left, you may not have anything left. Yeah, and probably some you still owe more than you have. It's holy. It should be set apart. The best way to do that is to set it apart first. It is set apart unto the Lord. Now, let me go with this, 90%, with this blessed 90%, and see how far it goes. Watch stuff just start happening and multiply. I'm not talking about magic, but it's, just, it's the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord. Watch how far it goes. Watch my time when I give my first to the Lord. Watch how the rest of it is just blessed and it's sweet time. Come on. Got time to do everything. The tithe must be first. Tithing in the same way. It must be first. I know a lot of people throw it out because they say it was under the law. But listen, tithing is a principle. It is a principle. It is a principle that we need to be familiar with. And our actions definitely speak louder than words. They speak louder than our words. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2, Paul said, Now concerning the collection uh, for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also on the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper. See, so this is like, if, you know, somebody's able to tithe and you happen to see their tithe check. And, you know, it's, you know, their tithe check is $450. You say, whoa, they must. you start calculating. It, it's, not, it's not about calculating. It's not about the, how much you give. You see somebody give $10, you see somebody give $550, it doesn't matter. God, if God has your heart, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. That there be no collections when I come. Do you know the church is supposed to run off of tithes and offerings? We're really not supposed to take up special collections. Not that we're not supposed to, but if we, if we did what God asked us to do, the church would be blessed and the church, you, me and you, would be blessed in our own families. Come on. We would be blessed. We would be blessed. Paul said, listen, just, and, and just one last thing here. You know, we're talking about the, this principle of the first. God must be first. Lot, many, many people wonder why we meet Christians on Sunday now. You know, instead, because the Sabbath is Saturday. That doesn't change. And I mean, Jim can correct me on it. Jim and Gene can correct me on it. The Sabbath didn't change. Because I hear a lot of times people say, well, you're, you're going to meet there on, you know, on Sunday on the, your Sabbath. No, the Sabbath is Saturday. Always has been, right? I, always has been and always. The Sabbath didn't change. But I believe they started meeting on the first day of the week. Well, number one is because the day Jesus rose. And by the way, even if you go to Saturday night services, uh, just know that the Jewish calendar right, started Saturday night. So you're still OK with the first day of the week. Uh, you know, but they met on the first day of the week. But I also believe it was because it was the first day of the week and they wanted to give the first to God. They wanted to give the first to God. So they started meeting on the first day of the week. Not only did Jesus rise on the first day of the week, they wanted to meet on the first day of the week. And so that this is what we must get in our heart. We must get in our heart that God must be for in every area of our life. One thing to say it because it, it, it's come out of my mouth. Come on. But it's another thing to get it in your heart. God must be first.